We're going to study tonight a tshuva. We'll begin with a tshuva of the Sheilus tshuva of Dvar Shmuel. The Dvar Shmuel was a classic work of responsa written by a Venetian rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel Avuhav. Rabbi Shmuel Avuhav was a leading Italian rabbi of the of the of the of the seventeenth century. He was. He was a, sorry, he, 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 he was a rabbi in Venice, born in 1610 or so, died in around 1694. He was a, he was a leading, leading rabbi in Venice. He was, um, his, his chuvos, I don't know that much about his, his personal life, but, but, but he, he was one of the Gidole Hadar in Italy at the time. His chuvos Tvar Shmuel are a classic, are, 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 a, cla- are a classic series of responses. The tshuva is a tshuva about Purim. Begins as follows: The tshuva was to a rabbinic colleague of his, to Rabbi Yisrael Lingo. Don't know much about him. If you Google him, you come up with uh, an occasional mention of him in the context of the, the context of the Italian rabbinate in Italy. He was a rabbi in Reggio, apparently. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. But the the issue the issue here was the there, there was a genre of literature that had arisen over the centuries, of Purim literature. Parodies, satire, humor, some of it coarse humor, some of it just uh, riotous and boisterous humor related to Purim, the Megillah. Today, today this lives on in the form of Purim spiels, different types of plays and skits and uh, performances that have to do, usually involve some humor, some wit, but uh, sometimes they have a nastier edge as well. Sometimes they uh, they have a cutting and biting uh, criticism of, of people or mocking of people. But uh, this goes back many, many centuries in one form or another. This tradition of engaging in some type of literary or dramatic performance on Purim is part of the means of celebrating the day of Purim. Both these rabbis, Rabbi Shmuel Abuhab, Abohab, perhaps it's pronounced, and Rabbi Yisrael Lingo, however that's pronounced, were very, very upset about this, about this custom, about this tradition. Rav Shmuel Avuav writes as follows. He's, uh, the, the, the title, the, the subject of this tshuva is Tochaches Megula, open reproof al halom dim sefer Maseches Purim v'alamachabro. On those who study the, the book called Maseches Purim, there is, of course, no Maseches Purim in the Mishnah or the Talmud. There is Maseches Megillah, which is where the laws of Megillah and the halachas of Purim are, Masechet Purim was a, was a parody work or a family of parody works about full of jokes. I haven't actually seen it, but apparently full of satire and humor associated with Purim. So this tshuva is going to be an open rebuke of people who study this work and, and, and its author. Tshuva. Shavti vera imre noam. I, I read your letter. I was very pleased with it. In your letter, you were you were zealous for the zealous for the honor of Hashem. It's the Torah that that that's arousing you, that's inciting you. This is a phrase in the Talmud that if you see a Talmud Chacham angry, you shouldn't attribute it to base motives. You should say, since he learns Torah, the Torah has the power to to uh, to sometimes to provoke someone to, into righteous anger and righteous opposition to something. So, so, so the, the Torah here is, is what uh, your, your, 
your displeasure, your aggravation is coming from a good place. It's the Torah that's uh, arousing your spirit of indignation against these works. This to reprove directly, anyone who reads this book titled Maseches Purim, regarding this work, everyone should feel pain, should feel, uh, should, feel, uh, should, should, should feel suffering that this work exists, that people are studying it, all those who are, all those who tremble, tremble when they hear the word of the Lord, those who have Yerushalayim, in other words, such people, good people, people who are Yerei Shemayim, when they see such things, they, they wonder, they're, 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 they're baffled. How can someone have the goal? Someone can just do this and not have, uh, and, uh, without, uh, without any qualms, to, to, to compose such a work. And to print it, to compose such a work, and to print it, that uh, people want people of Yerushalayim are, are 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 flabbergasted by this. How can people go ahead and just compose and print such works? Kulam the lemeven, kamatayim. There are many reasons why such a work is inappropriate. All these reasons are, are clear to those who understand, to those who have a clear understanding of things. Vrushuim b'ksav emes terasso. They're all listed in your in your one hundred percent spot on letter. I don't think we have this letter, but he apparently has a, a variety of considerations to oppose such literature. Kulawisnube, you're right about all of them. All these objections are, are correct. So this, these works are terrible. Chomer Bazet, and this is even worse than uh, an additional, the worst, the, 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 most, uh, the most aggravating consideration here is Shieshba Avon Chil Hashem Bad enough that the other objections, we'll see some of them soon, later in this letter, but the, later in the tshuva, but besides all the other considerations in engaging in this type of literature, and reading, and studying, and composing this literature, worse than all that is chil Hashem v'tarasa, meaning that the, it's one thing to, we'll see, in Moshe of Leitzim, uh, in, engaging, engaging in low pursuits, and litzanus, and cynicism, and uh, bad values, and so on, but beyond that, this is Torah. The, the, these works were 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 based on Torah. Masechus Purim. They they often they, they sometimes imitated the style of Torah. Torah Shulchan Torah Shabbat. They took Jewish themes and Jewish values and they spun them into uh, comedy, into parody. That's a chil Hashem b'Tarasu. He says that that's a desecration of the honor of God, the honor of the Torah, to make it into a joke, to make it into a parody. He says, how can you do this? Kain Mashakasim Marik. As Marik has written, Marik, when the Sephardim use it, often refers to the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Karo. When Ashkenazim use it, it typically refers to Rabbi Yosef Kolon, the, the 15th century, uh, century posik. But the Mar- Sephardim use Marik to refer to Rabbi Yosef Karo a lot, the author of the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch, Torah Rechaim, Simon Shinzayan. This is a very famous passage. We'll discuss it uh, from, in a, from, from other perspectives soon. But he brings the language of the Shulchan Aruch in Simon Shinzayan. Simon Shinzayin is Hilcha Shabbos. It is the simon of davar that that you're not allowed to that that when, that there are halachas, but the way you have to conduct yourself on Shabbos that, that you're not supposed to conduct yourself on Shabbos the way you conduct yourself during the week, and that the, therefore there, there are a variety of things that you're not allowed to do. That the simon begins daber davar diburcha shal Shabbos The way you speak on Shabbos must be different from the way you speak during the week. There are all kinds of halachas. 
you know, the things like don't don't uh, don't make business plans, don't don't discuss uh, driving places tomorrow, don't discuss hiring workers to fix your roof, to fix your plumbing uh, on Sunday, don't start making plans on Shabbos, don't discuss what you're going to buy and sell, don't discuss uh, you know, that. So there's all kinds of rules what you're not allowed to discuss on Shabbos. In particular, Chazal forbade many types of reading. Many types of reading are also on Shabbos because. There are several reasons, but the, the primary reason is because, one of the primary reasons is because there was, there, there was a very broad gzera. They didn't want you to do business on Shabbos, and you might come to write if you do business on Shabbos, keep ledgers, accounts, and so on, business correspondence, record keeping. So because of that, they didn't want you to write or read, so they didn't want you to read either, so they forbade all types of reading, because reading this can lead to reading that, and it can eventually lead to writing. Also, as we'll see, there's, there are issues of Ovdun Dechol, certain types of activity, certainly business activity, is not Shabbistic. They, they didn't want you to read not Shabbistic things, but they actually forbade a great deal beyond, uh, beyond that. Even reading things like science and uh, Chachma is a major machlox we shown him. Reading literature, some folks can say, is flat out usher. Even those who allowed science wouldn't allow literature. Menonga, I think, is to be making on literature. People, even the Jewish magazines, people read the, read the fiction, they read the politics, and so on. So that, that, that's a topic for another day, exactly what you're allowed to read, what you're not allowed to read on Shabbos. But, but there is a broad issue of reading certain types of material on Shabbos. In the course of that discussion, in the course of that discussion, in, in Simen Shin Zion, Sif Tezayin, the Shulchan Aruch says, Melitzos and Meshalem shall see chulin. Melitzos, uh, some type of literary form, Meshalem, allegories, parables, of Sichas chulin that are not Torah, that are mere... Uh, that are mere you know, profane and secular material, v'divrei cheshek, certainly material of a lascivious nature, can say for Emmanuel, the book of Emmanuel, we'll discuss what that is a little bit later, v'chein sifrei molchamos, the books of wars, sounds like you know, ancient Greek literature or history of some sort, oster likros ben b'shabbos, inalad read such works on Shabbos, v'apachol oster, Shulchan Aruch says, bringing Rishonim, oster during the week as well, Why? So on Shabbos, there are particularly surim because of, you, you may come to write, and you, you might come to do business, re, business re, write, reading and then writing, and of them the whole, but it's even also during the week. Why? There's a prohibition against, against joining the company of scoffers, people who are engaged in low and valueless and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 uh, Discourse or activity with no redeeming, no redeeming value. The over Mishum al Tifnuel Halilim. The Torah says al Tifnuel Halilim. Literally, don't turn to idols. But Chazal Darshin lo Tifnuel Midaitchem. Don't uh, pursue things that have no worth that that, that, that lead to bad things. And if it's Divrecheshek, if it's lascivious literature, pornography, or even just type of literature that leads to uh, that arouses the passions that, that incites the Eitzah Hara. There's a prohibition against inciting the Yetzirah in oneself, even if you don't do the actual Avera, there's an Isser in, in provoking these passions, inciting these passions. And therefore, Misha Chibron and Misha Atikon, those who compose these works, those who disseminate them, who print them and disseminate them, those who, those who disseminate them, copy them, and certainly the printers who, who magnifies their, their reach uh, manyfold, manyfold. They're guilty of promoting sin, and therefore, this is a terrible thing. The base, so the basic ruling of the Shulchan Aruch here is from Rishonim that, that that these things are usher on Shabbos, and there and, and there's even an ish, and there's even an ish there, Some Rishonim say 
Bechol because of Moshe Leitzim. Shulach Narach adds this very, uh, very strongly worded, broad condemnation. These types of works, which are pointless at best, pointless and therefore Moshe Leitzim at best, and, and actually are considered uh, provocative and and uh, and lewd at at at, at worst, are, are are terrible. They're Moshe Leitzim. They're Megariyat Zahara. They're all Tifnu El Halilim. And it's, it's terrible to compose them, to disseminate them, to print them, and so on. So going back to the Dvar Shmuel, he says, Melitos and Meshalom shall sichas chulin and divrei cheshek. And uh, that's something which you shouldn't be doing even during, during the week in general. It's Moshe Vleitzim, al tifnu el halilim. And what are we going to say, says the Dvar Shmuel, v'anan, manena, basrei. What more is there to say? There's also yesh b'zis rekolo, this remosif shall chilat ha any type of this vulgar and worthless literature <coughs> is, is problematic. And certainly if, it's, if it involves parodies of Torah literature, that's a chil Hashem, as we said before, and a chil of the Torah, desecration of the Torah. The Torah is hachogeres sakloth veikonah, the Torah girds itself in sakloth and uh, appears before Hashem. Vomeres asuuni bonecha kichlizemer, your children are treating me like a song. This is something we've discussed in the past. This is a Gemara that says that David Melech was punished for saying, David said, your, your, your chukim, your laws, are like songs to me. Sounds like a lovely sentiment, but David was punished. The Gemara says, the, the, the Gemara says that David, the Torah, is such an ethereal, such a lofty and ethereal thing. You're calling it songs? That, that's a disrespectful and vulgar way to refer to the Torah. And David was punished for this. So... Says the Dvar Shmuel, turning the Torah into material for parody, for entertainment and comedy, he says, besides Moshe Vleitzim and all these other things, it also involves, it also involves Chil uh, Hashem and Chil of the Torah. Chucha v'tlula l'fam churfa m'shabeshta, kivan da'al al, ka'ada eres shalachna, im kahatal be'emesh yatelu, because all kinds of militza, rabbinic militza, criticizing and uh, disparaging such literature. This is a terrible thing to do. Hine, he says, Kikain Zeli Yamim Rabim. And the truth is, he says, before you wrote this letter, for a long period of time, I myself have been admonishing people not to do this. Kizeli Yamim Ikedem, Shezharti Yaladavar, Kedas, Sifse Malach Totorasi Barmi Lelu. I myself have been admonishing people in the same vein as your well articulated uh, letter. I myself have been admonishing people not to do this. Yafa Diber, Vizmano Diber, Pik, Piv, Vitsari, Kitsaro. That you what you what you you are absolutely right. He says uh, my 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 words are exactly like your words. My pain and aggravation at this uh, at this custom is like yours. Would that they would listen to us. and they would get rid of this book. They would uh, bury it. It should just be lost, and it should be something which will never be seen and never be found. Uh, this stuff is just pernicious and, and has no, it absolutely needs to be destroyed, needs to be gotten rid of. May Hashem and His compassion uh, give us atonement for this, for this sin. May He plant in our hearts uh, love for Him and fear of Him. And good. May Hashem reward you for your well intended. Well-intended uh, letter. With double the bracha and success. Barov oz b'shalom. So, Rashmuel Avuhav was not a big fan of the Purim literature that he knew of in his time. He refer he refers to something called he refers to something called Maseches Purim, 
in the Berhetev, Berhetev, who quotes who, who quotes this letter, keeps referring to keeps referring to something called Masecha Shikorim. There's another name for some of some of this literature. The, also, again, obviously a play on words, kind of a parody of uh, Talmudic language, Masecha Shikorim, the, the the tractate of drunkenness of drunkards. Okay. So both are, both are Shmuel Abohab and his correspondent, Rabbi Yisrael Lingo, these two Italian Rabbanim, were very, very upset about this practice. They felt that it was Moshev Leitzim and uh, generally inappropriate, and Achil Hashem as well, if, if it involves Torah literature and Torah concepts, and they thought this was a very bad thing to do. To, going back to that Shulchan Aruch, he, he mentioned the Shulchan Aruch that says, certainly not Divrei Cheshek and Sefer Emanuel, so, there's a comment to the Magen Avram. The Magen Avram says, this concern for Moshe of Leitzim, this concern that we don't engage in, in vulgar, and, uh, vulgar and worthless pursuits, cultural pursuits, says the Magen Avram, the same thing applies, the Gemara of Avodah darshins the Pasuk in Moshe of Leitzim, it's the first chapter of Tehillim, Ashrei Aish, the, the happiest he who doesn't go into a Moshe of Leitzim and doesn't hang out with them and doesn't associate with them. The Gemara gives examples of what these different categories are, the, the, the different types of conduct and pursuits that Davra Melech is uh, warning us against. So the Gemara talks about Tartios and Karkasos. Tartios is presumably some form of the word theater. And circuses, Karkasos, sounds like a form of the word circuses. So different types of enter- cultural entertainments that were popular among the, the classical, the, in the classical period, the theaters, the theaters and the circuses of the Romans, the Gemara is condemning those as Moshe of Leitzim. Not exactly clear, again, what the Gemara is referring to, gladiatorial sports, uh, idolatrous stuff, it's, it's hard to know exactly, I'm not really much of an expert in uh, ancient, Roman, ancient Roman culture anyway, but some types of ancient, uh, some type of ancient, Cultural, cultural, uh, cultural pastimes. The the Gemara sharply criticizes as Moshe of Leitzim. Magen Avram says, "Yeah, the Shulchan Aruch here is saying that reading certain types of literature is Moshe of Leitzim. Certainly, going to these theaters and circuses also is considered Moshe of Leitzim." Says the Magen Avram, "V'loyadana mi hitter lahem Magen Avram is saying something fascinating. He's saying that the the Magen Avram is telling us that in his time. Apparently, people used to, people apparently didn't, uh, didn't do this all year, but apparently on Purim there was some kind of societal uh, dispensation. People felt that on Purim we can, we, we can do, we can, enge- we can engage in some kind of uh, theatrical activity or circus activity. It's not clear if he means they actually went to European and non-Jewish theaters and circuses, or they had their own, their own, like we have today, Purim spiels. Not clear exactly what the Magen of Ram has in mind. But the Magen Avram is critical of something, of some type of, uh, again, cultural, literary, dramatic activity, thespian activity of some sort that was prevalent in his time. Says the Magen Avram, I don't know where, where I don't know who told them this is mutter. I don't know where that comes from. The Efshari says that this is nimshach, the Magen Avram seems to say that the, there is something that is mutter, even according to him, the some type of Purim play, some type of Purim comedy or, or mockery. That was something that was legitimate, apparently, Magen Avram says. They, they used to make fun of, uh, have some parody at the expense of Achashverosh. 
And somehow from that, they, one thing led to another, and they began engaging in, this, in these more problematic Tartios and Carcassos activity, which is more problematic, and he doesn't think that that is a great idea. So again, Magan Avram is a famously terse commentary. It's, uh, it's often difficult to know exactly what he has in mind by the various things he mentions. You have to be there, I guess, to some extent. But anyway, Magan Avram's position seems to be that there was a, a form of schok, a form of levity, of comedy, that involved something to do with Zecher Lachashverosh, and that was okay. From there, perhaps, people began to uh, treat Purim as a day for cultural activity in general, and they began to in, in, indulge in the, in the participate in Tartios and Carcassos in the theaters and circuses. That, the Magan Avram felt, was more problematic. However, the Magan Avram is not the only opinion on the subject. Rabbi Yaakov Emden. Rabbi Yaakov Emden, always an interesting, interesting thinker. Rabbi Yaakov Emden, in his Maruk Tzia, brings the Shulchan Aruch, brings the Magan Avram, and then he says, he defends the Minuk. He says, I think that there is actually some justification for doing these things that, that are not really legitimate all year round, but there is some justification for indulging on Purim. Venera Lee, he says, the Purim Yeshlem Smach Begemara. And he brings the Gemara, the Gemara refers to Mashvarta de Puraya. Martin Sanhedrin is discussing, I think, Molech and how Molech was done, and it refers to the Avodah or the prohibited practice of Molech. In the course of the Gemara's discussion, it refers to something called Mashvarta de Puraya. So, what is the what is Mashvarta de Puraya? So, it's not entirely clear. There, there, there are different explanations among the Rishonim. Rashi says Mashvarta de Puraya involves, they, involves a, a, a fun activity on Purim, involves jumping through fires, but basically it involves some type of Purim, uh, Purim fun, some type of Purim, Purim cultural activity that was, wasn't the kind of thing we did all year round, but on Purim they did it. Some say actually there's an aruch that says Mashvarta de Puraya refers to the custom of hanging Haman, burning Haman in effigy. They would actually burn a, uh, a dummy of Haman that was Mashvarta de Puraya. But, the, but anyway, one way or another, Mashvarta de Puraya was some kind of activity, some kind of uh, fun or you know, some type of social, cultural activity that was done on Purim. Says Rav Yaakov Emdin, Haresha, you know again, The idea of doing fun things on Purim, of, of having a good time and uh, behaving a little uh, boisterously or uh, kind of wildly and reveling on Purim, that goes back to the Talmud. Of course, the Talmud says he's supposed to have a Sudan Purim, he's supposed to have Mishloch Manos, you're even supposed to get drunk. So getting drunk, of course, itself is a remarkable enough uh, prescription of the Talmud. But more than that, they used to play these kind of games or have these kind of, these kind of festivities on, on Purim as well. That was also something that, that, went on in the, that, that, that went on in the time of the Talmud. Um, last year... Last year, I wrote an article. I, I, I encountered someone who had said that they were talking about the custom of. So last year, the, the Aguda and other other Jewish organizations had the, the ADL warned people not to dress in blackface, hang hum on effigies, or wear any costume that stereotypes specific communities. Hanging of hum, they said, is uh, is a problem because in in America, the KKK and other racist groups. They used to use nooses and hanging dolls as threats and intimidations. And therefore, we should be sensitive to what uh, other, other Americans may feel when they see nooses and hanging of dolls. We should be sensitive to their feelings. 
which is fine, of course. It's always good to be, uh, it's always a good idea to be sensitive to other people's feelings, to have a little empathy. But uh, in the course of the discussion, some people said, some people were knocking the whole idea of hanging Haman, and they said, this is silly, that, that's, not, that's not the minhag, that this is, this is foolish, and this is not, uh, this has no source in Chazal. Of course it has a source in Chazal. The, we, we, we have Mashvart of the Puraya, and the Sefer Aruch says that they, that they used to, that the Sefer Aruch says that they, uh, the custom in Bavel and elsewhere, he says, they would construct a form in the shape of Haman, and on Purim, they would make a bonfire and throw it into, and throw, the, throw this effigy into the bonfire and stand and sing, and then they would jump and uh, hang and jump from the, like, with a kind of uh, trapeze. They would have a ring suspended into the fire that they would hang and jump from one side of the fire to the other, um, and so on. You know, Rashi already says that Rashi mentions the jumping, that kids would jump on Purim, they would have a fire in a hole, kids would jump over the fire. As I, as I noted, then how the parents felt about this practice is unstated. But uh, anyway, so the, the, but the Aruch and early sources say there was a custom of, of effigies, which again, insofar as, it, uh, insofar as it has a terrible, uh, as it brings back terrible memories to certain groups, obviously we should take that into account. This is not Yehari Vayavar having effigies on Purim. But it is an old Jewish custom to, have, to, to, hang, to, to hang and burn effigies on Purim. It's Svardim, Ashkenazim never really did this, but I didn't do this as much, but Svardim did this, it was an old meaning of the Svardim. Anyway, so Yaakov Emden says, so we see that even in Talmudic times, there was such a thing as Mashvarta de Puraya, there was some type, but even the Magen Avram, we noted, seems to think that Schok Lezecher Achashverosh is okay. He just thinks that general Tartios and Karkasos is less okay. Yaakov Emden doesn't really acknowledge this difference. He says, Gidolomizu, we find other things on Purim that they were lack certain halachas, we discussed this in previous years, the idea that certain types of uh, wild behavior, where, where people can cause uh, damage, hit each other, is uh, is sanctioned on Purim because Shlomo HaMelech said, There's a time for schok. Schok is not universally bad. Usually we criticize schok as as a bad thing, but that's Purim. Purim is a time for levity, for a little bit of uh, wild uh, wild revelry. He says, uh, even better than, even more dear than wisdom and honor is bismano, a little bit of foolishness at the right time. It's not, it's not always bad, he said. Furthermore, he says, the prohibition of Moshe of Leitzim only applies to to the non-Jewish culture. What they do, he says, is, uh, what they do is full of, uh, of lewdness and litzanus, of you know, nihilistic and, and cynical uh, humor, he says. But that which is done by, the Yisra- by Yisrael is Zechariah, which again, the Magnavar himself seems to acknowledge the distinction, but he says that which is done by Jews as a, um, as a commemoration of the miracles of Hashem, like the story of Achashverosh and Haman, Mordechai and Esther, or David and Goliath, so we celebrate different great, uh, great moments in Jewish history. Mutter Bechol, that's certainly Mutter during the week, not on Shabbos, he's going to say Shabbos is, is, is stricter, but during the week that's Mutter. Even things that non-Jews do, he says. As long as we know that it's clean, we know that, that they don't put in uh, nonsense and worthless things, even though, he says, they have lots of uh, silliness and they cause laughter, he says, that's fine. On Purim, at least, and Yantuf, Purim with his, uh, the mitzvah sayom is to rejoice and, and revel and Yantuf, the mitzvah of Simcha, he says, Mutter. So these kind of entertainments, even if they're non Jewish entertainments, he says, on Purim and Yantuf, where it's part of the mitzvah sayom of Simcha, as long as we know that it's kosher, that it's clean, that it's not mixed with, uh, with vulgar and inappropriate elements, he says, 
Ella, when Chazal prohibited Tartios, Behove. They were talking about typical non-Jewish entertainments, Kastam, Machsheves, Nachri, Laharbos, Tifla, Vazima, non-Jews in general, Chazal had a low opinion of, certainly the pagan non-Jews of their time. You can assume whatever they do, as they say today, you know, sex sells, right? So the, 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 the default is, if the, if the non-Jews are making, if the non-Jews are making uh, culture, you, you, you can have a, a fair confidence that there's going to be, uh, since when does Hollywood uh, report, you know, since when does Hollywood make movies that accurately depict history? They, they always introduce a love interest and whatnot. Some of that might be in a more refined and uh, less uh, vile way, and some perhaps is more problematic. But the... Anyway, Chazal understood that the Roman, the, the, the Roman entertainments of their time, the entertainments of their time were were presumptively inappropriate. But in but in Chanami, the the theater 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 and and culture inherently is not necessarily bad. Certainly on Purim and Yom Tov, where it's part of the mitzvah of Simcha. Mikomakom he says b'Shabbos vadeakolaser. On Shabbos, certainly everything is aser. First of all, because we have the specific zera against reading and so on. And uh, also, if you're actually performing, that it's just not a Shabbosic activity. Shabbos is a special day. Shabbos is a special holy day. And you're not supposed to... Again, Yontav, he said before, was, was okay, because he said it was uh, is because of mitzvah. So I'm not sure. Yontav is also holy. It might, might not be as holy as Shabbos, but it's pretty holy also. So he kind of goes back and forth here. He says, Shabbos is not appropriate because it's too holy. All, all week long, it's okay because uh, originally he said originally he said that the the Jewish versions are okay, but um, the non-Jewish ones he said uh, if if they if they have less redeeming value on Mutter on Purim and on Yom Tov at least he says, but on Shabbos everything is Aser and even and, and it's Ovdin Bechol Okay, Yom Kadosh Shari Masashana are the non-Jewish entertainments that are even if they're not inherently inherently inappropriate, but insofar as they're worthless, they're not celebrating Jewish, Jewish history and God, they're also in general during the week, during the, all year round as well, that ultimately is Moshe Vleitzim, oh yeah, unless it's Purim, unless it's Purim, and, unless it's Purim and, uh, and Yom Tov, he said, those are days where we allow you, we, we allow you to kick back a little bit and, and have fun, because having fun is, is part of Simcha, which is the Mitzvah Sayom, that seems to be his position, that the as he, as he began, the Purim Yeshlam Smach Begemara, on Purim, Purim, and later he says Yantif in general, there's a special dispensation to engage and uh, to let your hair down, to, 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 to just enjoy, enjoy uh, these types of entertainments, even if they're not you know, deep and, and deep and eternal works of literature, which have a redeeming value, as Reviron Lichtenstein might tell us. But nevertheless, he seems to be saying on Purim and Yom Tov, where the mitzvah of Simcha is a mitzvah per se, so we, we should have, we should. Uh, Broaden our, our we should we should broaden our horizons and be a little more tolerant on Purim as long as again as long as it's not inappropriate entertainment it's mutter even though that would be Moshe Vleitzim at other times of the year but certainly he says the things that are just Moshe Vleitzim you don't have this, the dispensation of Purim or Aser all year round certainly if it involves again lewdness lasciviousness certainly that's something which is always inappropriate rose that is indeed terrible. So this passage in the Shulchan Aruch, where he condemns all types of culture, again, it's very, very difficult to know what the Shulchan Aruch is condemning. Does he really mean that reading any literature is usher because of Moshe Vleitzim? Sipure Muhammad, tales of wars. What does he have in mind? Uh, Shakespeare, Homer, history books, the, the Guns of August, you know, the, the, um, what, what, the Civil War history, you know, what, exactly is it, what exactly is he condemning as Moshe Vleitzim? Many of us, I think, do read at least you know, some of these works. 
whether it's literature or history or so on. So it's difficult to know exactly what the Shulchan Aruch is condemning, but he's condemning some class of literature as Moshe Vleitzim. And within that Moshe Vleitzim, so we saw that the, that the Dvar Shmuel says it's so terrible, and, it's even, and certainly you shouldn't be doing it on Purim, and it's even worse if it's, if it's, if it's a parody of Torah, because that's a Chil Hashem as well. We have the Magen Avram, who says, also says that on Purim, this would seem to be problematic as well. Anything which is a Moshe Vleitzim should be prohibited on Purim as well. Except he says maybe, and Magen Avram seems to condone some type of uh, Purim-oriented entertainment, and maybe that led to a general dispensation, he says, which he doesn't really approve of, but a general dispensation of, of uh, participating in, 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 in culture, in non-Jewish culture on Purim. Rebekah Emden is, the most, is, is lean, more lenient. Rebekah Emden feels that, even though, yes, there is generally an issue of Moshe Vleitzim for worthless, even harmless, but worthless entertainment, but on Purim in particular, and Yom Tov, where there's a mitzvah of Simcha, then he says we should for- officially condone it. It's part of the mitzvah of Simcha Sayom, and of uh, certainly Jewish things, he says, are, are certainly Maisach Hashverosh Fahaman, Mordechai Vester, Dovin and Goyas are certainly okay, and that's what you're even during the week. But, but, but even, uh, the, even the things of Nachrim, he says, even the things which are just entertainment, which don't have religious value, there is room to be lenient, he seems to be saying, on Purim and Yom Tov, because of the mitzvah of Simcha, but on Shabbos everything is Aser, because the Shabbos is a Yom Kadosh, a holy day, and things which are just worthless in general, even if they're not problematic, are really Aser all year round because of Moshe Vleitzim. That is the... That is Rabbi Again, translating what exactly this means for us, you know, what we, whether we should you know, close our Shakespeare's, our Milton's, you know, our other books that we read, what about the Jewish literature? That, that, that's also just literature. Are Jewish books Aser? It's a very difficult topic. We've spoken about Moshe Vleitzim in the past. What exactly is Moshe Vleitzim? It's, uh, it, it's very difficult to define. You know, throughout Jewish history, there were very puritanical voices who prohibited things like chess and card playing and so on. And there were others who were more tolerant. There were Gedoli Torah who played chess, apparently. So the opinions apparently vary, and, and I, really don't, I really don't have any kind of definitive or, or really comprehensive understanding of what posts can do or don't allow. But specifically with regard to Purim, here are a few interesting voices. We have the Tvar Shmuel, we have the Magen Avram, and we have Rav Yaakov Emden. Now, moving away from Purim, just for a few minutes, the Shulchan Aruch held up the Sefer of Emmanuel as a, as a paradigm of what you're not supposed to be reading. Of, of example of Moshe of Leitzim, and maybe even Sifrei Cheshek, maybe even Sifrei Cheshek. Who, who exactly is, the, is, the, is, is Emmanuel, and what did he write? Well, obviously, Emmanuel's works are not so popular today, in part because the Shulchan Aruch was so uh, opposed to him. The, Emmanuel was a 14th century Italian Jew. He was a, a poet, a writer, and uh, a, a very well-known figure in his time. He wrote something called Machbaros, Machbarot of Emmanuel, the notebooks of, the, of Emmanuel, which were apparently very, very popular literary works. They were among the earliest Hebrew works uh, to be printed. They were printed numerous times. Shulchan Aruch did not approve. Shulchan Aruch felt these were Moshe of Leitzim, the, these works of literature. Uh, they, the, the, it's a little bit unclear exactly, exactly what they are. What we, 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 have, we have, I think, parts of, parts of the Machbaros Emanuel. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we have all of it, I'm not sure. Some of it, some of it is uh, some of it is musr, Some of it has uh, you know, satire and humor. So, so that there are, there's poetry, religious poetry, secular poetry, love songs, and so on, science, all kinds of stuff in uh, 
he, the Wikipedia says he was apparently the first Jew to, to write sonnets in Hebrew. In, in Hebrew. All right. So he was apparently a, uh, a significant and, and popular Italian writer, in the, Italian Jewish writer in the 14th century. Rabbaruch Epstein, the author of the Targ Tamima, in his, in his Makar Baruch, in his memoir, literary memoir, so in the, in the Mavo, in his, in his massive, lengthy introduction, he has all kinds of sections on literary style and writing and authors and biography and so on. And he, he, at some length, he goes on about Chazal. He, he, he develops the theme that Chazal and, and uh, Chachmei Yisrael in general had, had high standards for literature. They, 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 they expected writers to adhere to high standards in, their, in, their, in, the, in the loftiness of their prose and, and not engaging in personal attacks and not discussing vulgar things. And he, he discusses various authors who were problematic in the eyes of the Chachamim. And he says, uh, look, what, this is what happened to Emmanuel, he says. The well-known poet, Emmanuel of Rome, he says, even though he was chashuv mechubad ma'od bismano, he was a distinguished and uh, respected person in his time, he claims that the Roman Jewish community appointed him as their leader, which is uh, historically uh, somewhat dubious, but, he claimed, but, that, but there, there's such a claim that he was even uh, a political leader of the Jewish community. And he says he was uh, a prince of various sorts, and even though he himself was, was civilized and he was, uh, he was ascetic and he was, uh, he was a uh, measured and moral figure, he says, nevertheless, he says, uh, he says, Bechalzos, he says, still since his, his writing, he says, is, uh, is unfortunately is commingled with, mixed with lag, and with mocking and satire, he says, like, uh, like other figure, like another figure he talks about, he says, and he, he borrowed from the style of the Italian poets, he says, like, who, who were full of, uh, who, were, who, were, who were absorbed in love poetry, and, uh, and so on, he says, and he copied them, and, he, uh, and the problem is, not, not only did he, did he write this type of uh, erotic verse, but he also, he also mixed them with, uh, with clever and elegant melitza from, from Psukim, from Tanakh, or from the language of Chazal, and uh, in order to uh, make, them, make, them, make his literature pleasing to, you know, to the Jewish ear, he said, as an example of how, uh, example of what was so offensive about Emmanuel's literature, he quotes a stanza from one of his poems where the poet says to his beloved, to the object of his affection, he says, Al tzavarech usa'ar roshech, yesh levarech yotzer aruvarechoshech. On, on thy neck and the hair of your head, I can recite the blessing, yotzer aruvarechoshech. So, of course, this is the, the medieval or the Spanish beauty ideal, black hair, snow white, the snow white beauty ideal, skin white as snow, hair black as ebony or whatever, coal or whatever it is. So he, he comments on his beloved's hair and skin and the skin, the skin of the neck, the contrast between the, the dark and the light. I can make the bracha of Yotzer or Varechosha. So he says that, and, and this, this is what was uh, so offensive that it was uh, mixing in Kodesh and Chol, and this is why he, he was so uh, reprehended by later generations, he says, and, and his, his disgrace was immortalized for, for eternity in the Shulchan Aruch, he says, that the, the, the Sefer that everyone knows, that everyone reads, the verdict was passed about Emmanuel, Melitos and Meshalem shall see Chaschul and Vedivrei Cheshek and Sifrei Emmanuel, Emmanuel is the single book identified by author, by name, as being prohibited to read on uh, Zardin Marvakasha. 
what a terrible and bitter verdict. How, uh, what a pity, he says, what a, what, a, what, a, what a terrible thing it is that such a talented and, uh, and significant figure, he says, unfortunately, he just couldn't, uh, he couldn't keep his poetry within the bounds of, of refinement and uh, propriety, and therefore he was uh, condemned to attorney in the Shulchan Aruch by, uh, by that you can't read him because it's, it's, at, it's, it's, it's Moshe Vleitzim and maybe even worse, maybe Megari Yitzhahara and Altifnu El Halil. The problem with this, with, this, uh, with this take on Emmanuel of Rome, I don't actually know that much about Emmanuel of Rome, but the problem is, but the but, but but the problem is this verse he quotes Al Tzavarech Roshech I actually it, it is not generally attributed to a manual of Rome it's attributed to a variety of people including Rabbi Yudah Levi Rabbi Yudah Levi in one of his poems writes he writes uh, also a poem to, uh, to you know, a poem praising the, the charms of a woman he writes Roshech on thy cheek and the hair of thy head. I recite the blessing of Again, the, the medieval poetry, it's often difficult to know for sure who wrote what, you know, that we don't have the most reliable records. This particular poem, of, of which, which is widely attributed to Rehuda Levi, variations of it or versions of it are attributed as well to, uh, to everyone from, to everyone from uh, it, it, it appears in a commentary to Shira Shirim of an unknown author of the late 12th century, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, 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 the, the experts apparently do think it was a Behuda Levi. Some, some attribute it to the Ibn Ezra. The, others say that's ridiculous, but the, it, it, no, no one has said they found this in Emmanuel, and it, it appears Emmanuel was rather late. Emmanuel was 14th century. Versions of this line appear much earlier, likely of Behuda Levi. And even if Behuda Levi didn't write this, Behuda Levi wrote all kinds of things of a similar nature, at the end of the day, this is back to what we were saying before, it's a little difficult to understand why certain writers were condemned, why would the Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch surely would have, wouldn't have written something like that about Rabbi Yudah Levi. So the question is, Rabbi Levi, who does have poems like this, the question is, why, are, why is Rabbi Levi revered as one of the greatest thinkers and writers in Jewish history, and Emmanuel of Rome is condemned? So again, you have to be there. It might not, might not, it might not be this line in isolation. It might be that the overall tone of Emmanuel of Rome's writing is more serious. It's not just this individual line that, that Baruch Epstein has the, you know, decided to hold up as problematic. It's very, very funny. I thought this was hilarious that the one line he holds up as the, as the great ignominy of uh, Emmanuel of Rome is actually a line of Buda Levi. But at the end of the day, it, 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 as we've said, the, I don't really have any solution to this. I don't really have any explanation. But it is true, apparently, that there were very, very different attitudes toward Moshe of Leitzim and toward the value of literature among our Chachamim, we, we have much more puritanical thinkers, and we have, and we have others who, who were much more uh, engaged, much more embra- embraced, much more warmly the culture of their times. Um, you know, in our day, in our day, we have people like Rabbi Lichtenstein. He wasn't defending love poetry particularly, but he was, he was defending you know, the highest of high culture. But uh, we, we do have some figures in our time who believe that at least you know, good literature, serious literature... Was valuable and uh, and has worth and has and there were others uh, perhaps the dominant uh, dominant attitude in Gedoli Israel of recent generations was rather less favorable toward literature. End of the day, it's hard to know. There, there, there it likely there are very different views. Is the Shulchan Aruch's commentary normative or not in his condemnation of literature? 
Does he mean to only uh, condemn a certain type of literature? Very, very difficult to know. But going back to Purim, so again, Purim we have, we have uh, th- th- there is this, this long stand, there, there was this very long standing custom going back centuries and centuries to, to engage in, uh, in, in various types of uh, literary or dramatic activity on Purim with a humorous and uh, satirical and comedic bent. Many, many Gedolim were against it. Roshmuel Abohav was the, the first and the fam- most famous one. There were others who sharply condemned the, this activity, either because it was in poor taste and it was not respectful to the Torah, or because, as we said earlier, the ones that, that, that sometimes it, 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 they, they attack people and they, they hurt feelings of people. There were those who felt that this was inappropriate or had gotten out of control. Roshmuel Abohav, we saw. Magan Avram, we saw, had mixed feelings. Magan Avram said that he thinks this should all be included in Moshe Vleitim, at, at least the non-directly Purim-related stuff. He says, maybe that's just an extension. The Purim-related stuff is okay, he says. Maybe they extended that to non-Purim-related stuff. We have Rav Yaakov Amdin, who is relatively lenient. Rav Yaakov Amdin does seem to agree that all year round, stuff that's not directly Jewish and has no real uh, redeeming value is Moshe Vleitim, as per the Gemara, the Tartios and the Karkasos is Moshev Leitim, but on Purim, he says, and Yom Tov, as long as it's not bad, he says, if it's Purim and Yom Tov, and not Shabbos, he says, then because there is a mitzvah of, sim, of Simcha, the, the Sameach Alev, and because Purim is all about the revelry, he says, it's Moshev, Eis Lischok, he says, that there are times when uh, good, clean fun, even if it's not, uh, even if it's not fun of deep meaning and great worth, he seems to say, there are times where fun per se, we're just having a good time and letting your hair down, is Mutter, and he seems to, th- and he seems to, to feel that Purim is one of those times.